Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pop, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch Merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse Code and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse Code and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown!
after traveling uh, overland on your uh, various brooms and broom-esque uh, sticks, um, you uh, arrive at uh, the heath. Um, you did encounter um, a few familiars flying at distance on the way, um, but uh, on Tika's advice, you just basically floored it um, rather than uh, going to engage, largely because um, the potential for... Now that um, a few um, Chimeran... what's what I'm looking for, uh, scouting parties have gone missing, uh, specifically the one Tika blew up and the ones that you killed. Um, the odds of them uh, summoning an Omnirath rather than just, like, walking up are much higher. When they thought they were just going after Tika, they're like, that's fine, there's, like, a lot of us and one witch. Um, but now that a few of them have died, uh, the odds of them just being, like, you know, in Power Rangers, it was always like, well, you know, you could just kill all these putties and the bad guy if you just summon the Megazord right now. They're at that point. We're like, oh, fuck it. We'll just summon the Megazord immediately. Why bother? We don't need to do any fisticuffs. Just squish. Um, so uh, you arrive at the Heath. Um, it is a... Um, as the, the terrain kind of gives way, um, suddenly uh, you, you see kind of um, low-level um, uh, grass and shrubs and that sort of thing. Uh, and for the first time, uh, they seem to be green. Uh, Maka, you still don't read any... Uh, biological impact from them um, but it is a stark contrast to what you've seen to this point um, it's a uh, sort of slow rolling hills uh, as you approach it um, clouds uh, begin to uh, kind of form uh, over the sky and um, even though you can't see one uh, there does seem to be the brilliant light uh, of a full moon uh, above them although you know from the outside um, there is no moon um, there is a single massive um, leafless tree uh, with kind of skeletal fingers um, uh, that uh, sits atop a, a small hill. And uh, it is there that uh, Tika kind of guides you. And um, at the foot of the tree is uh, a massive iron cauldron. And um, so uh, stepping, uh, sort of uh, coming to a stop, uh, she gestures to you three to kind of um, park and hop off. Uh, given that none of you have flown a broom before, I'm curious to see if you can stop these. So please roll me a dexterity save. <laughs> 10. 11. That is 23. Here we go, baby. Uh, so, um, Maka and uh, Gwendolyn, you come to a jerking halt, similar to um, trying to stop on skis inelegantly, where it's kind of like... Um, but uh, Duncan Kindano, duelist of high dexterity, uh, you managed to dismount with a flurry, or with a flourish, rather. What does it look like? Um, I think he rides the bike forwards and then does, like, a barrel roll on it and then backflips off the end with it in his hands where he swings it under his arm and back and over to like standing on the side of him. <laughs> nice. Tika just like applauds. <laughs> you can't tell if it's genuine or sarcastic. You also don't know if it really matters. Um, either way, she does seem amused. Uh, I'll take it. Victor says, ah, that was um, uh, quite impressive, but also quite unsafe. Uh, your head could have hit the ground, and then you would have a headache. Please be more careful in, in future, sir. Well, Victor, I appreciate the sentiment, but some of us are 
born to live on a blade's edge. <laughs> yeah, okay, I was just trying to enforce uh, years of, of, uh, of safety regulations um, that, that we have experienced. But sure, I'm sure your way is, is, is good, too. Um, and he, he gives Tico a look like, what am I supposed... And of course, he, because he's a baboon, anything he does with his hands is inherently hilarious. I, guys, I fucking love monkeys. Uh, so he just like raises <laughs> his big baboon hands at her and kind of like, well, what are you going to do, Wade? She's like, honestly, I just wish I'd thought of it. Um, so um, you gather around um, uh, the cauldron and um, uh, Tika uh, kind of reaches into one of her utility pouches and um, pulls out um, a small flask. Um, that she unstoppers, it's corked. Uh, she un- unstoppers the cork and um, proceeds to begin to pour a, a shiny silvery liquid out of it. And despite it being an incredibly small flask, she pours for about two minutes uh, until the cauldron is full. Um, and uh, then she restoppers it and kind of puts it back in her pouch um, and says, um, if, in order for this uh, ritual to work uh, best, uh, it, it is best with blood. Uh, normally me and my sisters would all contribute a bit, uh, but given that there are, uh, well, none of them here, um, I will add mine, um, but I will need at least one one other sample. I will volunteer my blood. Um, Declan uh, puts uh, his uh, knife back in his pocket. <laughs> I would. I literally don't have any right now. Um, and, uh, Sorry. Victor kind of like, nods at you approvingly and then just like puts his hand out for a, a, a subtle, vaguely ashamed high five. It's you and I, me both. Very awkward high five back. Uh, and he, he says, ah, friendship. Good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, I'm killing it. Um, Tika um, gestures for you to step forward, Maka, and uh, shut up, Google. Uh, and the two of you, um, uh, sort of, uh, just nick, uh, nick your hands. Um, she drips, uh, a couple drops in and then sort of closes her eyes. And when she reopens them, they're, uh, sort of that brilliant emerald green again. Um, and with a voice that, uh, sounds, uh, almost like it's speaking into the wind. Uh, she says, um, now it is your turn, Maka Deathcap gravekeeper focus focus hard on where you you desire to go think of a massive mausoleum think of a gallery and focus um and then uh, she extends this, the the blade to you uh Marco will take it um and uh he'll uh just run it along his palm for like just mm-hmm. a, a shallow cut um, and hold his his freshly bleeding hand out with his eyes closed, uh, trying to hold this this image in his mind. So, um, as your blood begins to swirl into the the silvery liquid, um, you uh, you start to see kind of out of the the darkness of of kind of having your eyes closed and focusing, um, a, a cathedral begins to form um, of um, sort of um, brilliant. Um, uh, almost um, marble stone, so sort of like a, a pink marble. Um, and uh, even though you've never seen this building before, you feel with great certainty uh, that it is the, uh, the the gallery of familiars. Um, and slowly, 
um, as uh, you, you kind of start to hear a chant and you realize that um, TK is chanting a lot of these descriptors at you in a language you aren't familiar with but nevertheless understand. Um, and uh, soon um, you see it uh, just kind of towering above you. Think kind of uh, vaguely Notre Dame-y, um, but if it was made of, of sort of a, a pink marble. Okay. Um, and then uh, uh, you hear Tika say, Good. Uh, okay. Well, folks, in you go. Uh, and then, Maka, suddenly you feel yourself lurch forward uh, as uh, Tika full-on power slams you into the cauldron. Um, and wow. uh, you find yourself uh, falling. Um, Gwendolyn and Duncan, you see her do this, and then she, she turns to both of you and just says, Who's next? And I think Duncan just, like, steps up, and it's almost like a swan dive. Like, it's like hands out... And then up and jump, and he does like almost a full vertical into the cauldron after him. Great. Uh, so in you go. Uh, I think Gwendolyn awkwardly clambers in. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like one leg in, the leg disappears, other leg in, yeah. and then just kind of like you bounce off the rim. And uh, I cut, yeah, I'm like hitting my knees on the edges. Yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not graceful. It's, it's someone awkwardly trying to get into a hot tub um, <laughs> yes. without using the stairs. Um, <laughs> So um, the three of you um, are falling um, through kind of a, a dark liminal space with um, sort of strands of this silver material um, kind of streaming off you uh, and slowing your descent. Um, and um, soon, uh, Maka, you see far, far beneath you um, and rushing up a... Um, uh, a sort of uh, think like an old Montreal type town, so a lot of stone, um, cobblestone streets, um, very kind of classic. Um, this eight eighteen hundreds, yeah, kind of like an eighteen hundreds vibe, um, but if everything was made of stone, a um, little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, Salem in there too, you know, just like a um, lot of uh, buildings that have kind of those wood. Inter intersecting um, crosses and things built into them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, everything's got a bit of a Tim Burton slant to it. So <laughs> no straight lines. Everything's just a little bit curved, a little bit crooked. Um, and uh, soon enough, um, you come to a soft landing um, uh, kind of a few streets away from this, this massive cathedral. Um, the sky here is, uh, is gray, overcast, low-hanging clouds, uh, and there's a, a constant sense of, of moisture to the air. So think that um, not a hot humidity, but kind of that, like to me, what's almost perfect weather, which is like after a big rainstorm, humidity is broken, but there's still like mist and um, sort of just a, a wetness to the, to the air. It's a lot of like coastal towns have it. Um, and... Um, yeah, you can hear um, uh, hustle and bustle in the distance. This does seem to be a, a populated place. Um, there's nothing kind of in your immediate vicinity, um, but you can definitely tell that this is a, a fully lived-in city. Um, so, yeah, you uh, you find yourselves in uh, the... Um, uh, you find yourselves in... Um, Avalon, which is the uh, city-state of the Blue Circle. Um, one thing Maka would want to do just immediately after seeing how different this place is, is he would try and see if he can access the cluster. Um, so 
The answer is uh, yes. You can you can you can certainly still personally access it. It is still a, an internal closed cycle. Um, however, you you can feel kind of um, uh, traces of it everywhere here. Um, you get the sense that the the witches have made some sort of ethereal pact with forces kind of beyond this world um, that has altered their state, but that there is still base biology to them. Uh, similar to how you're able to heal Tika in uh, the Shadowlands proper. There's definitely... Or kill the witches. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, they seem to be less affected by the Shadowlands and have been altered, but... Um, it, oh, I mean, it's almost a mutation thing. It's not that, but like it's it's in that ballpark where you're like, oh, I, I can understand that the base elements are still here. Um, they just seem in their own way to be self-regulating cycles as well. Okay. Um, so you find yourself standing in not like a town square per se, but, you know, um, there's often those kind of like intersectional points um, in older cities that aren't built on a grid um, where kind of, uh, I mean, if you've played any of the Witcher games, it's like every fucking corner in all of those games where there's sort of a, a massive building, uh, it seems to be kind of an office of some sort, um, and then a, a couple smaller low-level things. Uh, honestly, uh, London from um, The Muppet Christmas Carol is also a pretty good <laughs> mental image if you need it. Um, so there's a couple, uh, you're surrounded by buildings, there's no one around yet, but you can definitely hear um, the sounds of conversation and commerce nearby. Um, the cathedral seems to be a few streets away. What do you do? Um, since Maka saw the cathedral in his mind, he would recognize it and just um, just point towards it and say, uh, this way, this is the cathedral. And he'll start walking. I think Duncan would just pull up the rear. He'd probably like draw Mr. Bang and have it subtly at the ready uh, under his cape, though. So it's not openly threatening anybody. He'd look disarmed if you just saw him like or unarmed if you saw him walking around. You just sure. see the sword hilt. Um, Gwendolyn's just walking along. Yep, fair enough. Is uh, is Tika with us, or is uh, she Tika kind of is staying outside behind the to, to Heimdall? The uh, the yeah, Heath. Okay. Uh, however, Victor is uh, with Victor, us. Right? Victor is with you. Victor yeah. is with us. Okay. Um, so uh, Victor says, uh, "Yes, yes. Uh, this this way, please." Um, and uh, you can tell that he um, he's starting to um, limp a little bit, um, similar to what you saw with Toby. Um, the uh, since Ezra's gone, his uh, his tether is is weak. You're also not entirely sure what the timeline on those things is. Um, you don't know yeah. when uh, Jeb died, uh, so you don't know how long Toby was keeping together. Also, Toby wasn't in the Shadowlands. Lots of variables. We'll figure it out. Um, so, uh, as you make your way towards the cathedral, um, you can see that it's obviously got a, a place of, of sort of reverence. Um, there are other tall buildings that are as tall as, as the cathedral, but uh, they're in the distance, there seems to be like a citadel of some sort, um, uh, and every so often you can see another one of those kind of skeletal trees poking up. Um, they're massive. Um, uh, they, they reach to sort of the height of the cathedral. Um, but um, Victor in particular seems to be kind of um, uh, almost reaching out kind of Spidey Sense style, um, and it occurs to you, uh, can you roll me a, we're going nature for the cluster, Tyler, sorry, I ask you this every time we play. Uh, or, yeah, and my or, or answer canon. might change from time to time. Uh, it's nature. 
Nature. Yeah. All right, yeah, go ahead and roll me uh, either a nature or an arcana, if you would. I know what it is. We keep we keep trying to figure out whether it's nature or religion. I think it's nature. Cool. Uh, honestly, we can take it on case by case. That's okay. Fine. That's a like nine. The, the rule so. masters at Wizards of the Coast are going to come boot down the door and be like, listen, for this magical character <laughs> using a spore culture that doesn't exist in any of our books, uh, oh, that's not how it works. Yeah, in a fantasy realm that we didn't create. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, it's a big old nine, unfortunately. Nine. Okay. Um, you're not quite sure what he's he's doing. It does look similar to kind of what you do with uh, with a cluster, but uh, at a nine, you're unfortunately not not <laughs> no no exposition for you. Um, <laughs> so uh, eventually, um, Victor uh, sort of holds up a hand and um, using uh, one long baboon digit, kind of points to the left, um, and you see um, a uh, what looks to be a pie shop. Um, that uh, is shuttered. Um, it looks like it's uh, it's been closed. Um, there's a, a notice, um, not uh, you know, pinned to the door, but like actually seemingly um, seared into the the door. Um, that uh, none of you can read. Um, but uh, Victor turns around. And he says, "Ha! Too many bat rats. It's a real problem." Um, and, um, uh, you can see under the health warning though, um, there just seems to be a, um, uh, what looks almost like a, like a circle with a diagonal line through it, uh, like a split circle. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, Mark, uh, you recall this, um, being similar to what was branded into, um, Tika's chest. Um... And uh, Victor says, uh, it, 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 it's, it is the sign of the untethered. Uh, my guess is, despite the infestation, uh, this is likely where, where we will find General Bridge. Then we must go inside, yes? Yes, I, I will warn you, um, the, the General has been uh, part of the resistance since it began. My assumption is that she will be slightly suspicious of outsiders, particularly those not of the Covenant uh, and of a one untethered familiar. Um, so be ready for diplomacy. And he just gestures widely at, at Gwendolyn. Uh, and with that, um, he turns and um, knocks on the door. says, uh, Hello, Health Inspector Victor Macklin from Parks and Recreation to see the proprietors of this fine establishment. I brought friends. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the door doesn't creak open, it simply vanishes, um, and you see a, uh, a, a blast of green lightning moving at an incredibly slow pace towards you. Um, you find that none of your bodies can move, um, but, uh, you can still speak. Um, and you just hear a voice from inside say, Best get talking or get dying. Choice is yours. Uh, and I just speak up right away. Uh, greetings, I am Princess Gwendolyn of Orville, and we are here to uh, be of assistance to you in uh, uh, liberating the familiar of Crackate, I think. We were sent by Tika Willowlem. Mm -hmm. We're friendly. All right, well, what proof do you have of that? 
Well, we're here. We were sent through the heath. It would be impossible for any of us to do that. I mean, I don't even have magic. I just kill bad people when I need to. That sounds like a mighty binary philosophy to me. That does seem concerning. Look, anyone well, the can good be people. transported through the heath. All I'm saying is I need some kind of assurance before I let y'all live. Show us to the enemy. We will show you that we fight with you. We have already killed three of your adversary witches. Yeah, we, we killed Sia and the gross one and the blue one. Could you send a message to the Heath? Uh, Teak is still there. You could get confirmation. Um, I'm going to need... Uh, no, that is impossible. I'm going to need a... In the amount of time available to you. Uh, I'm going to need a persuasion check, please, from someone. Well, if we take it from the princess, as we've done before, but she adds Duncan's modifier, it's plus six for persuasion from Duncan. Eight. You rolled, you rolled a two? two? I rolled a two. Oh, Hot God. damn. But I do have that one point of inspiration. Maybe you should use it. Shit, can I use that? Are you asking for permission? <laughs> I'm using it. Hey, 19. There nice. you go. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. I was trying to figure out how much damage this lightning was going to do. Um, <laughs> all right, so um, she... Uh, the lightning, um, in, again, in, in like incredibly slow drifting motion, um, almost reaches you, uh, and then it uh, dissipates with kind of a, a, a crackle um, into a mist, and your, your bodies are released. Uh, and she says, uh, well, I must admit, none of that's too convincing, but also seems pretty clumsy for an assassination attempt, so uh, I'm willing to give you the time of day. Come on in. Um, and as... Uh, you all start to enter, and uh, Victor Macklin, where is Ezra? And uh, Victor's shoulders slump, um, and uh, she nods and she says, Ah, damn. He was a good one. Uh, of the adoptees, he was uh, <laughs> he was one of my favorites. All right, well, you all best get in here and tell me your tale. Um, <clears throat> so... You enter the room and um, you see there's kind of like, um, it was clearly a pie shop at some point, um, but it has been kind of turned into an impromptu staging ground. Um, there are uh, several um, uh, witches um, sort of uh, about, and there's, uh, there's two familiars in the room. Um, there's a sparrow uh, who seems to be sort of hanging out uh, nearby uh, and a frog. Um, and uh, General Bridge uh, Thinfinger um, greets you. Uh, you can immediately tell where she got her name um, because one of her hands is purely skeletal. Um, it still is fully articulated, but um, it is literally just bone um, with sort of a, mm. a soft... Uh, you can almost see a bluish glow between the joints whenever she moves it, um, but uh, uh, definitely long gone. Um, she is uh, an elven woman. Um, she's uh, kind of short, uh, as elves go. Um, uh, you notice that uh, she is uh, missing a leg from the knee down. Um, so she uh, she walks with uh, a crutch um, that uh, you can see is... Um, Maka, I think you 
notice immediately that it seems to react similarly to how your arm reacts. Um, so it's made of kind of twisted vine. Um, and anytime she steps, um, rather than having a stopper on the bottom, um, vines expand and contract. Um, so she, she moves ra like remarkably quickly um, with this, uh, but um, she's dressed in um, what looks like, uh, I think Duncan to your eye, almost um, what would have at one point been um, a dress uniform. Um, so a little bit overdone. Um, it, uh, but at this point, very, very well worn and clearly modified uh, to be a bit more functional. So like the sleeves have been cut off because um, they were clearly big and stupid. Um, it's been modified with kind of more pouches and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, it is in um, a very, very faded crimson, um, as would denote her status in the, uh, the red circle. Um, the other witches are um, just sort of a variety of, of standard grunts. Uh, they all seem to be wearing, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, infiltration gear. So just kind of um, dark clothing um, bound very close to the body. Um, and uh, they seem a little bit edgy. Um, it's the classic, like, they don't have guns, but if this was like a movie, they'd be like, you know, the people polishing blades and looking looking <laughs> yeah. suspicious. Um, They're polishing wands and sharpening brooms. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But uh, they, they obviously uh, defer to uh, the general. Um, so she welcomes you in, and you quickly catch her up on what what your deal is. Um, I think, based on our previous conversation, this probably makes the most sense. Um, in broad strokes, what do you think you tell her, and what don't you tell her? Uh, if Duncan would probably explain, like, our country was attacked and taken over by what we thought was the Covenant. We came here, discovered it was the Chimerans. They've, they're in league with the Sinkai. We need to defeat the Sinkai in our world and came for help. They're in a bad spot. We want to help them recover so that we can leave and defeat the Sinkai with their assistance if they're willing to render it. Gotcha. Um, Does that so make sense to everybody else? I feel like Princess, we might bounce back and forth. But that's I, I the theme. would, I would probably defer to Duncan at this point. It's like I've done the formalities. <laughs> um, negotiating terms is Princess World. Fact, yeah. it might be a Duncan World. <laughs> Maka would would um, agree that he's there to help with with that and with basically with the goal of trying to track down the the Sinkai and the um, Chimerans, but. Um, might also, since this is a general, um, someone in a position of leadership, might also ask um, uh, General Bridge Thinfinger, I am also on a greater quest to find and destroy the source of an affliction that is affecting the cycle of life and death outside and perhaps within the Shadowlands. Might you know of this curse. Um, she uh, sort of shakes her head and says, uh, uh, you know, my people are, are awful good at curses and uh, we've been doling them out as, as we see fit for, for some time, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing about no cycle. But mm. uh, you talking about uh, the, the Jossie thing? Yes. Yeah. Mm. We don't fuck with that. Uh, not too much. Uh, the affairs of the body aren't uh, really much on our minds. More the uh, the affairs of uh, of uh, Azul and the, the Espertides. Uh, but the Sinkai, and she she kind of like there's there's a glint in her eye. Um, 
I think like for a visual, uh, even though she doesn't sound this way, like just kind of imagine like uh, Kate Mulgrew when she's seen some shit. Um, hmm. She's like uh, <clears throat> Senkai, though. Uh, now that that I might be of some assistance with. They uh, folks around here didn't uh, didn't heed my warnings when uh, those motherfuckers showed up, but um, they've been working their magic on us for quite some time. It's part of the reason we need Crackate back. She's the only one who can shut the fucking door. But mm. uh, they may not be affecting your cycle, but uh, they're definitely fucking with the cycle of magic. And uh, given how connected all this shit seems to be, that might be having an effect on uh, your biological cycle there, too. But Well, then, all the same, I will add my strength to yours. So, um, obviously, time's of the essence, so she's not going to give you the fucking, like, encyclopedia uh, Sinkai... Yeah. Uh, no, step one is closed door. Then yeah. worry about yeah, yeah, learning. Totally. Yeah. Um, but what she can give you in a nutshell is uh, there aren't any here um, that she knows of. Um, they do travel through the Shadowlands um, now that the, the gate is open. Um, also, uh, to your point about kind of attacking everybody else, um, uh, Crycate, in theory, is responsible for, uh, as the, the sort of... Um, almost demigod of of um, the crossroads uh, is theoretically responsible for what goes in and out of the Shadowlands, what can, can travel between them. Um, that's part of the reason that uh, Crackate founded the Covenant and and sort of took up this, this action. Um, the Sinkai may have other ways of, of making, of traveling around your world, uh, as might uh, the witches who are in league with them. But uh, shutting down the crossroads will likely impede their ability to, to shadow step everywhere. Um, they may have back routes and kind of essentially like um, if you think of it as like they might have hacks, but mm. this will fucking shut down the highway. So it might be back roads still, but the highway will be shut down, which will reduce the odds of um, what happened to the butcher. Um, yeah, Dun- Duncan will be doubly excited at this news because he assumed they'd still be able to do everything. We'd just cut off reinforcements. If this could affect two things, big win in his yeah, mind. Yeah, uh, again, there's likely um, port keys and various bullshit of that ilk uh, and <laughs> teleportation stones and all sorts of other madness. But um, the major crossroads are wide open right now. It's 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 open season. So, um, uh, but um, can you roll me an insight check, Duncan? Fourteen. Okay. Um, you notice because I think, given your paranoia around fancy fuckers, um, I think Gwendolyn likely wouldn't, largely because she's just so she's been steeped in this for so long that it wouldn't come as as, as much of a surprise. And and uh, Maka, this is just kind of beyond your. This isn't something that would be of concern to you, Duncan. You notice um, that uh, she repeatedly says Crackate can do this. Not that Crackate necessarily will. Um, so you, you file that ambiguity away um, just because it isn't like, oh, yeah, like, we just need to free Crackate and then she'll do the thing. It is it is within her power. She could do this. So on and so forth. Um, so just a little piece for Logged. you. Logged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. So um, she, uh, seeing that you're, particularly given that you mentioned the Sinkai and defeating them, um, 
There's also a bit of the, like, yeah, it'd be great to get the Nazis out of Paris, but, like, it would also be great if someone beat the Nazis in Germany. <laughs> um, she uh, she seems willing to to accept her help, um, and uh, she, she kind of nods and um, holds up a finger, and uh, the sparrow kind of flutters over and lands on her skeletal finger. Um, and uh, she confers with it in a language you don't understand for a moment or two, and then nods and turns back to you and says, um, well, your, uh, your timing's actually pretty uh, on point uh, for us. Uh, I was about to send these chuckle fucks in to uh, try and uh, raid the, uh, the gallery, but uh, needless to say, our uh, esteemed colleagues of the Blue Circle are none too happy about the idea of us just walking in there and stealing their favorite pets. So they've instituted some uh, pretty vicious spell weaves around the building. Uh, that said, and then she smiles, and it's uh, it's that kind of cruel smile that only like hard-ass military people get. Uh, she's like, however, it may be keyed to uh, how magic works around us, but it sure shit ain't keyed to some magic turtle guy, some random haunted suit of armor, whatever the fuck you're supposed to be. So you three might actually be exactly what we need to get in there. Um, she waves over one of the, the shady uh, people, and she's like, uh, Tell me, how do y'all feel about being hags? Dum-dums and dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as hive-bred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. Available now. Uh, temporarily or permanently? Oh, temporarily. You gotta earn that shit normally, madam. But uh, in this particular instance, uh, my friend Francois over here has uh, cooked up some uh, mighty fine transmogrification potions. We were hoping they they wouldn't get us in, but they might get us close enough for uh, uh, Billy Jim over there to detonate himself, and then that would buy us the time to do the rest. But since none of their security is key to the three of y'all, I suspect if we give you transmogrification potions turn you into the disguises we were hoping to use you might be able to just walk right in there uh of course assuming you can uh carry on a deception of which i'm not entirely certain but uh, i gotta hope what is a hag um and uh, she kind of smiles she's like well it's what every little girl dreams of being one day they are some of the eldest and most powerful which is in our society, and the good news is some of them get real bored and do random shit like show up for unexpected inspections of uh, important historical buildings. They are wizards, or the witches rather, of great power. Uh, their connection to the pact is almost unrivaled by any but Krakate herself. Basically, I'd be turning y'all into uh, 
fancy fuckers of the older variety in the hopes that you could just status your way through uh, and inspect the facilities and pick up slack. Hmm. Hmm. And this is the typical behavior of a hag, yes? I mean, the best ones, no. The best ones are busy sorting out how we can improve as a society and generally thrive better, and or how we can stop pissing off the ethereal gods we made pacts with so they won't, you know, devour our Azul and, you know, burn the world to a crisp. But some of them get real bored and just like going around and visiting things. Now, I know you don't know too much about our ways. I don't know what Mr. Macklin here has told you. Uh... But uh, the Gallery of Familiars is a way for the uh, the Blue Circle to hang on to any uh, particularly famous or important familiars. They trap them here so that they can continue to reap the knowledge of Hag's past as well as uh, any criminal types. Uh, it's a combination uh, storage facility and jail, if you get my drift. So there are a lot of uh, very bored hags who truly enjoy going to consult with uh, familiars of their old dead friends and or of famous fuckers past. So three random hags showing up to go talk to some old friends is not exactly outside the realm, despite the circumstances we find ourselves in. So will a potion work on the princess inside a haunted suit of armor? Um, she uh, she looks to Francois, who kind of chuckles, and he's like, uh, I mean, as long as it, it, it does not uh, flick, as, as long as it is not a moisture-wicking armor that flicks away the liquid, uh, like some kind of sport suit, it will be fine. And then he looks at you, and he's like, are you some kind of sport suit? I, I, it's like combat armor. Like, ah, I that mean, would be very stupid to wear while jogging. You'll be fine. Uh, he just he reaches over, grabs a, a a mug of ale, and just throws it at you. Uh, <laughs> and it splashes, and then just kind of like slowly rolls down. He's like, ah, see, no moisture wicking, useless for mm. running, good for she, infiltrating. She looks the same though. Ah, uh, he says, no getting one past you, princess. <laughs> This does seem like the best way to guarantee or at least increase the chance for survival during this mission. Oh, I agree. I I can't willingly agree to this plan because wearing the uniform of the enemy to kill the enemy is a war crime and thus against my code. However, I am sworn to bleed for crown and code, which would mean... If a ruler were theoretically to order a Dawnbreaker to break the code, but to protect them, sort a loophole enough. So I can't Duncan tell you exactly Tendano, what... I hereby order you to infiltrate these people by whatever means necessary, including by pretending to be a hag. This will be a stain on my honor, princess, but I will do it to protect you in this harsh, dangerous time. We'll do it. Well, it's nice to see that even in a war zone, y'all have time for things like ethics. That's adorable. I can't imagine how your kingdom fell. In any case, <laughs> no one said anything about murder. You might have to. And honestly, you'd kind of be doing me a solid if you did. But all we need from you is Isa Proctor. She is the... Uh, familiar of Crecate and has been uh, in the very heart 
of the uh, mausoleum uh, since it, the damn thing was built. Uh, Proctor is a, uh, a badger um, who served uh, Crecade for many years. Uh, she is the, uh, the most valuable familiar housed within the, uh, the mausoleum. So she will be well guarded. Um, but all I need is for you to get her portrait and get the fuck out. Now, if you do any murdering, that's on you. But... Sorry, when you say portrait, we just need to get, like, a picture of her? Ah, yeah, alright. So, um, as you can see from uh, our, our dear friend Mr. Macklin here's slow degeneration, a familiar cut off from uh, their person either returns immediately to the Espertides by their will or attempts to stay here to finish up unfinished business, as Mr. Macklin is attempting to do. In order to keep them here... The blue circle has developed a system by which they can physically trap them in portraits. Uh, these creatures are held in a kind of suspended animation within these pictures. Now, we can break her the fuck out of that, but it's going to take some, uh, shall we say, um, how to put this, violence-induced assistance uh, from some blue circle witches that we have in a secure facility elsewhere. So, we need you to get the portrait of Isa Proctor, and if you can get that out, then we can we can set her free, and she's the key to waking Crackate back up. So, is Isa Proctor the only familiar in this facility that will have taken the form of a badger? Uh, no, no, that's a good point, Mister Turtle. Uh, there are uh, many badgers, uh, as there are, uh, you know, people like badgers, I guess. Uh, there are several throughout. Um, you'll know Isa Proctor uh, because uh, based on uh, the fact that she was the first familiar to be uh, captured within one of these paintings, uh, she is in an extraordinarily plain frame. Uh, as time went on, the frames got fancier and fancier. Uh, people began to actually pay for these things in their will so that some part of them would live on. Uh, but no, you can tell hers by by the being the simplest, uh, smallest portrait in the building. Also, it is in the very heart of the building and is only accessible uh, by the head librarian. So you're gonna have to do some talking, I think. All right. Does it matter? Do you need the frame? Is that part of the magic? Or could we remove the painting from the frame? It makes smuggling a lot easier if you just have a canvas. Understood. But if you break that frame, uh, uh, Miss Proctor will return to the Esper Tides, I can assure you. She had no intention of being held within one of these, is uh, kind of the issue here. So if you break the enchantment, she's out of here and we lose Crecate entirely. Which well, I mean, if the if the uh, portrait is is fairly small and plain, is it small? I mean, could it fit like inside? Oh shit! I won't be a suit of armor. Surely you will not. Also, no, it would not fit inside a suit of armor. It's you know, it's not. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar in your world with the famous stage play Ghostbusters Two, but it's not a Vigo the Carpathian sized picture. It is a, uh, I'm not, for, no, if perhaps you, you've heard of the real world painting, the Mona Lisa, but it's roughly that size. Smaller than you'd think, but still large enough to be a bit of a pain in the ass to smuggle. Mm. Now, does anyone have, I don't know, a magic bag that's small that we could put it into? No. 
Also, I don't know. Don't. <laughs> we got Baca thinks you're asking town. him. <laughs> we'll just we'll just have to figure that out. All right. So that's sort of an us problem. Um, I, is there any other questions? I feel like we have as much as we're going to get from the outside. I will also yeah. warn you. Um, it would be highly irregular for a bunch of hags to just show up and demand to see the crown jewel of the collection. You'll likely have to feign some interest in some other shit first just to warm her up a bit. No one's supposed to be able to see the Proctor painting. Are hags the ones who create Omniraths? Uh, she uh, says, uh, um, I mean, they certainly can, but at this point, uh, the Chimerans are almost all capable of doing it. They just need to have stolen enough familiars to be able to pull it off or bound enough familiars to be able to pull it off i will tell you though that uh riga thought ponder the uh the head librarian of the mausoleum is a bit of a traditionalist though she does side with her sisters of the blue circle uh and the the chimeran heresy uh she insists on keeping but one familiar herself i see Hmm. I am ready. Who is in command of the Chimerans? If there was going to be a name we would drop with a Riga Thought Ponder. It is, uh, there is a new council. Um, they, uh, they, uh, simply call themselves, uh, uh, the, oh, shit, where's my notes on this? <laughs> Ryan, I don't have that name written down. A Riga Thought Ponder? That's good. He just said Riga Thought Ponder. Oh, sorry, yeah. I missed it. The head librarian is Riga Thought Ponder. Thank you. Oh, um, yeah, the uh, the leader of the um, Blue Circle Rebellion is uh, Freya Thinwater. Freya Thinwater. That said, she kicked it off. Um, it is a small council that leads. So it's not like you can say, like, Freya told us to come here. Um, right. Because no, we'd have she to. But, but we name drop the council. It doesn't have like a fancier name. Yeah, in, in Rome terms, this would be like Brutus or Cassius, but it's not. Yeah. Like, uh, the other thing to keep in mind is uh, if you're hags who are showing up at the mausoleum to see things, um, there's like Covenate society continues to run with this going on. Um, like in Star Wars terms, um, Avalon is a little bit like Coruscant during the Rebellion, where it's just like, yes, we're aware that there's things happening out there. Still a city, yeah. yeah um, okay. Or, I mean, honestly, Rome during any of the major upheavals. So it's not like everyone is constantly thinking about this war. As far as most witches are concerned, the war is over. The Untethered are holdouts. Um, there's a bit of uncertainty, there's a little bit of nervousness, but, um, yeah, it's, it's full occupation France. Like, it's just like, this is just the way it is now. So just to add to your thinking, it's not necessarily, it might seem strange if hags showed up and were like, we were sent by the government instead of just being like, we're eccentric, show us things. <laughs> we're demanding. <laughs> Yeah, he's just Duncan's brain's just running on like I just random to give, angles. Yep. Yeah, is is there a, a for lack of a better term, uh, General Bridge Thinfinger? Is there someone that you would think of as being in charge of, let's say, their intelligence community, their spies, 
their internal defenses? Would there be a name that would ring? I'm not planning on uh, using it. I just she, like uh, she shakes her head and she says, uh, "Fortunately, uh, me and mine had to, to fight our way out uh, before uh, the red circle fell. Um, I had my network, but they're all dead." So I'm not quite sure who the new ones have. It is rather strange. Uh, they had to purge an awful lot of witches in order to pull off this coup. Might mean the intelligence community is a little scattered, uh, and might mean you be, might be able to pull up something they they don't know. I had a very good network. They do not. Interesting. Right, if you I think am. about it, in uh, just to kind of clarify what she means there the red circle would likely have been the circle that dealt with spies and a lot of them were purged so it's kind of in in if you're thinking of it in these terms it's like the two leaders of the rebellion were the magic and the familiar based ones they probably put together a spy network but similar to the trump administration it's a lot of like uh uh, okay you're you're a big funder uh congratulations you're the head of education now um or like right after stalin died where it's just kind of like a free-for-all where everyone's like oh fuck it you're this now yeah um so yes spy network exists but it's not run by like varus isn't running the spy network anymore <laughs> bessie devos is <laughs> yeah man what a weird mixed bag of metaphors good lord all right i know what i need to know i am as prepared as i can be mm, i am ready as well and maka will grab a mug of beer and pour it over his head and look at his hand. Mm, good, yes. And he'll walk, start walking. <laughs> no, Marka, that's. You, you still look like you. Just wait a second. They'll get uh, us the potion. Francois's like, no, no, I want to see this play out. <laughs> no, we'll, he'll just walk straight in and get killed. We need him to look like a hag. Okay. So um, the potions are handed out. Um, Gwendolyn, you will literally just be dumping it on your head. Um, Marka, we drank these, I tell him. It's like, oh, oh okay. Uh, and with that, um, you um, bottoms up your your vials, um, and uh, you feel the effects of the transformation uh, immediately. It's very um, uh, Beauty and the Beast and or Fiona at the end of Shrek, um, where yeah, like you know, floating with light yeah, coming out, like, just kind of like, like yeah, you float up. Um, oh there's God. kind of um, uh, sort of a green uh, energy circling you, um, and so again, keeping in mind that. Um, uh, there's often horrifically shitty negative connotations to the term hag. Um, we're not talking like physical ugliness here. Um, we're not talking Witcher three hags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not talking like just some absurd like uh, we find women and aging scary, so we're gonna find words that demonize it. Um, it is literally in this case just like someone who is like older and is wiser and, and generally more powerful. Um, so keeping in mind that there is absolutely no um, sort of like physical shaming involved in this, uh, I want to know who each of you looks like. Um, and so pick an actor and then tell me kind of what your outward appearance is. It can be super bedraggled and crazy. That's totally on the board. Um, just understand that it doesn't have to be like, oh, like I, I, like I want to look like Helen Mirren, but I don't want to imply Helen Mirren's ugly because that's, of course, absurd. Um I got and, it already. Uh, also, keep in mind, it can also alter your voices. So... Are you looking for some voice? Some voice? Not necessarily. Work? I'm just saying that is an option. That is an option that is on the table. Okay. Um, so I'll give you a moment to, to consider that. Oh, I think I think we just got a pitch. You got to right. trust your gut. We got to yeah. dive in. I'm ready to go right now. Laura, you want for some it. more time. What, yeah. what is mock... Do, do the characters choose, Tom, or are we choosing? Like, Is it influenced by what they think a hag would look like? Um... 
No, 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 no. Because these. Uh, okay. So it's handed off by locals. It's designed to clarify. By this is that this would like rough. Francois made these for like him and a few of the other people in this room. So it, it it's like you're you're drinking it, and it, I mean similar to the polyjuice thing from Harry Potter. Like these were always going to be what anyone who drank them looked like. Okay. Cool. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, so I like, I, I like Mach as sort of a, uh, a very kind of blunt individual and someone who I think always does a fun job of playing blunt, um, but doesn't necessarily always get to is, uh, uh, Dame Judy Dench. So Maka transforms basically into, uh, Judy Dench with her nice, like, short, uh, hair, like closely cropped haircut and stuff like that. Uh, and does it change her clothing as well? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, good. Cause Maka wasn't wearing clothing. So that's, that's good. Um, and uh, so she'll uh, she'll basically be in um, uh, a great big witch's hat, I think, and um, a, like a judge's uh, robes. Um, cool. So sort of like a, an official looking uh, witch. And we're talking like um, judge's robes with like a big white collar and, and that sort of thing, or just yeah, purely yeah. the black robe, like a, like a white collar as well. And it's just cinched um, uh, at the at the waist um, with um, with a belt, and and there's just a great big um, which circle would would it be on that on the buckle of that belt for for this side um, of the war for a. Well, I mean, at this point, they've consumed the rest of the circles. Like, there's no... There are technically... Technically, the entire interweave is now um, consumed by them. So you could technically be any circle you want. Okay. Um, politics is the black circle. So I suspect... Okay. Or, cool. well, you could be the black circle, or white circle is magic. I feel like you'd be best attuned uh, to white one White circle, of those two. then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I'm just trying to think, like, this is the disguise that they concocted, right? Yeah. So it's just like, this is sort of like an official's garb. Yeah, yeah. A, almost, a white circle yeah. mage makes sense. You'd be, like, basically, uh, we'll say the, the rank would be magister, and it's it's someone whose job is to kind of um, monitor. As I said, magic's a bit like fucking Calvin Ball in this, uh, yeah. in this realm, so... Someone whose job is to kind of both police and monitor what forms okay. of magic are being used um, and make sure that they don't fuck anything up. Right. Okay. Maka doesn't know any of that, but obviously no. that's all the thought that went into this disguise before someone gave it to Maka. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, what is the witch's name? Uh, Maka. Maka Deathcap. <laughs> Until, unless someone suggests otherwise. Okay. Great. Uh, Ryan or Laura? Um, I, I, I think I, I look like, um, Fiona Shaw as her character in Killing Eve, Carolyn. That's um, a damn so, good pull. Yeah. So she's the one who, she plays, uh, Aunt Petunia in the Harry Potter movies, mm -hmm. uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Killing Eve. Um, so just like very, very, very upright, but like has that, you know, there's something devious going on in the background. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Um, so I think she literally looks exactly like her character in Killing Eve. Just like like short, uh, always very like coiffed perfect hair. Um, very like long, uh, flowy pants, like pantsuit and, and a blazer and, but like, not Fantasy. like buttons and everything. Yeah, it's like still gonna be like tied blazer. together. And yeah, like, it's yeah, got like, like buckles and shit. Exactly. Great, uh, very cool. And what is her name? Um, uh, 
Her name is Shaw. Shaw? Okay. Yeah. Nice. And uh, Ryan. Um, so Duncan sees what happens with the other two, and then he just like takes Mr. Bang out and sets it on a table and then drinks his so that he still has something to defend himself with. Uh, he turns into uh, a woman who is still his height, which is convenient for him. Uh, willowy limbed. The appearance is like a combination between like a Zoe Saldana and like an Olivia Wilde, but Gamora Green, like mm. just that, like like otherworldly, beautiful, indeterminate age, but smart looking, very pretty. He's a little bit excited about that fact. <laughs> um, and I'd say it, it's like a like a a gown with like a. A, a cut he would like like it's low cut it gets to play a little bit of cleavage in like a classy <laughs> way like he mm. it's not slutty but it's <laughs> showing off what he's got with like slits at the side so he can move and there's like a cape and a raised mantle behind his head that comes up like the old like dracula capes kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and then at like at the top of each of the raised corners is like a little like bird skull just like looking down <laughs> um and it's the hair is is just sort of like in like a an elaborate sort of like there's like a crown that the hair is interwoven in into braids. Um, and then he just like reaches over and picks up Mr. Bang and just like tucks it in the back under the cape so that it's, you know, hidden. And uh, what's your name going to be? Uh, Vickers. OK, so. um uh, Francois uh, nudges you and then kind of like uh, looks down at your chest and he's like, I made that one for me. He's good, no? <laughs> Fuck, I'd have to choose a voice right away. Balls. Um, you can also you can also just keep your, your existing voice. That's totally fine. No, no way. No way, baby. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not when I'm transmogrified. I'm someone new. <laughs> yes, I think this one will do me beautifully. Um... So uh, Bridge uh, kind of uh, observes all three of you and says, uh, yep, that's the exact intended and expected effect. I knew all that was going to happen. None of this is news to me. Uh, Listen, y'all are going to need names of some sort in order to get through. Uh, So she gets Vickers and Shaw. uh, And then Maka, you loudly declare Maka Deathcap. Um, And uh, she kind of shakes her head and she's like, uh... I mean, honestly, that's not too far off uh, from a witch name, but uh, what what do y'all think? Do you, th- you think he can manage with that? I wouldn't suggest making it anything else, because he'll forget far too quickly. Sound logic from the green weirdo. All right, cool. Well, um, looks like uh, y- you got all you need. Um Oh, uh, sorry, one more thing. Uh, it will be mighty strange, uh, for y'all to show up untethered. So, we're gonna send familiars along, uh, you're gonna get, uh, my sparrow here. We got this, uh, handy frog, um, who is, uh, is Dante's, uh, familiar. And, like, Dante just kind of goes, yeah, that's me, Dante. Uh, I've got a cool backstory, but I'm not really important to this scene, so, uh, have fun. Next time, baby. Um, read my tie-in novel Um, and then uh, Victor will be your your third so um, they mechanically aren't going to do anything other than just kind of be there Um, but uh, who takes what 
I mean, I think Mock is immediately drawn to that frog. Of cool. course. Yeah. And I believe I will take the sparrow with the sparrow skulls on this outfit. Wow, this voice makes me talk slow and emphasize <laughs> words I otherwise wouldn't. Oh, the W's are awful. <laughs> Um, and uh, Victor uh, walks up to you, um, Gwendolyn slash Shaw, and says, uh, uh, well, I, I guess I'm with you then. Great. I'll try not to let the team down. Uh, indeed. Um, <laughs> so with that, uh, the... <laughs> I need a minute to work on to figure out the voice. <laughs> I can't imagine having to come up with a new voice on the spot. That must be horrifying. However, will you manage? Uh, being vaguely British. Me, Dante. What's up? And sometimes with a southern drawl. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to oscillate between those two. Yeah. Um, you're going to meet more butlers. Um, so um, with that, uh, you're pretty well equipped. Uh, is there anything else you want to do before you go? Um, addressing, actually, um, uh, Duncan... Uh, Putting, taking, putting away his pistol and then retrieving it pre uh, post transformation. Do we have access to any of our equipment in these forms? Um, yeah, I'll say you can pull it off yourself. Um, it it's weird. Uh, it's like a, a you know PlayStation Two era video game where you just kind of like reach okay. into your body and a sword comes out. Um, yeah. Okay. But uh, yes, I, I will say you have access to your your gear. I should write down um, the names of our new characters. If you Figures. do, um, I will say it will um, interrupt the uh, the effect. Illusion. Uh, yeah, largely because if you think of it in like um, Venom symbiote terms, in order to pull your sword out, however much of the enchantment is focused on maintaining your sword as part of your outfit is gone. So it's not like your whole thing will break. It's just it'll be less the, the if we put the shift. sword back does it go back together tom or is it yes. busted i feel like we'd ask these questions of yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's uh it really is just like um you just it, it's you know silly putty or play-doh you have a finite amount um so yes so if we put it back we're back to 100 percent hidden yeah dope well i believe i'm ready to go how about you friends i think uh, I believe it would behoove us to proceed immediately. Yes, I agree. Let us <laughs> depart. Um, and uh, with that, um, three jolly Covenant citizens uh, go to wreck some shit at a museum. This episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.